0: As-salamu and welcome to the Valley Ranch Islamic Center podcast. I'm your host, Night Armstrong, and today we'll be talking to Sheikh Yasser Bajas about his hajj experience. What was your first hajj experience like?
1: Okay, that's interesting because uh, my expectation was one thing, and but the actual uh, uh, practice and the actual experience was a whole different thing. Frankly, when I was going to Hajj for the first time, I was still young. I was still probably maybe 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're hearing about Hajj and the importance of Hajj and the value of Hajj. So you feel it it's something that's extremely, extremely unique, which which it is. But then, when I was going there for the first time, I was a student in Medina, my first year in, in Medina. And I've seen all the students, mashallah getting ready. So we started getting ready as well to go. I was very excited. Me and my roommate, we decided to, go together so we can help and assist each other alhamdulillah. Then one of our senior students, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reward him and forgive him, uh, you know, said hey, listen, if you guys going to go um, why don't you come with me? I'll help you out, inshallah we'll make the hajj as easy as possible Now I didn't understand what does easy as possible mean, but I thought okay, I mean, if we can make it simple, inshallah why not? So as everybody was getting ready to go in the first day of hajj, which is the eighth day of Dhul-Hijjah to begin hajj, people go before that, a day or two before, so they can get ready but this brother, he kept telling us, no, you need to wait, let's wait, let's wait. So we waited until it was um, late in the day of Arafah, like um, the day of, of uh, Teruiyah, the eighth day. So basically the hijjaj already in Mina, and we're still in Medina. Only then, after some time during the day, he said, okay, let's go right now. So we go in the evening. By the time we arrived there, it's almost actually um, past midnight. We did our Umrah, and then by the time we're done, it was Fajr, and Arafah started. So he goes, okay. From now, let's go straight to Arafah. Okay. What about Mina? We skipped Mina. He goes, well, it's not, it's not, you know, obligatory to be there, which is true in terms of fiqh wise, yeah. But in terms of experience, yeah, it's not what I was looking for. I wanted to have it all. I want to absorb the experience altogether. So we went according to his, of course, plan because he's an expert in this field. He's been going to Hajj every single year. Uh, so we go there, and we go to Arafah and. May Allah him for the rest of the hajj. He was looking for the easy way of doing things and also the shortcut for doing things. So we went late and we, uh, we left early. By the time we got to Medina, to be honest with you, I was not satisfied.
0: Mm.
1: I was not satisfied at all. Yeah. I mean, the site of Mecca, the site of hajj itself was really uh, something to, to uh, reflect on and just to enjoy observing and looking at. And I remember maybe in one of those last days of hajj, I just kind of like got tired of that kind of you know, shortcut uh, style. So I said, I'm going to go solo on that day. So I started doing my things on my own. And that day I enjoyed it really because I was trying to observe everything and do everything properly and correctly, subhanAllah. So alhamdulillah, that was an experience. And since then I made, a, I made basically more of like a promise that every time I go to hajj, it has to be done properly. So mm-hmm. the next year, alhamdulillah, we went again to Hajj, for the last, but I decided to go uh, with my friend again, only with my friend, without having to have any guides or anyone to help and assist and so on. And that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful experience. The second one was probably maybe one of the best experiences of Hajj that I have been to because we did most of the monastic between the rites of Hajj and, and the rituals of Hajj. We did that walking and we were trying to do everything according to the example of the prophet perfectly no shortcuts no convenience doing it right as it should be yeah and it was uh, it was a very unique experience
0: when you went the first time you already knew like the thick of hajj right yes. Yes. so <laughs> so it really felt cuz you knew what to expect already mm-hmm. so it really felt fast forward
1: true, but here's the thing, though. You might have all the knowledge, but when it comes to put into practice mm. there, it's not the same. No, Like, over there, you're not going to be hold, uh, holding a manual to tell you, do this, do do that. You oh. can't do this. Yeah, You can, but it's going to waste your time and energy and focus as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, for us, of course, we studied all the hajj uh, rules and rulings, but you still don't know what are the boundaries of Arafah, Mina, where this, where that. These things were still foreign in the first time. Mm-hmm. So, we needed someone to help out with that so we can at least do it properly mm-hmm. according to their expertise, obviously. Alhamdulillah, it was, it was a, an okay experience first time. But the second one, we tried to do everything perfectly, alhamdulillah, and I loved it. It was, yeah. it was the best probably Hajj experience.
0: Mashallah. Um, what is the benefit of Hajj for Muslims?
1: Mm, I mean, there are so many. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual aspect there's a financial aspect, there's a social, there's a even global aspect. There is so much you could look into it. So let's talk about individual. Yeah. For individual, there are, of course, the religious aspect and spiritual aspect of it, and then there's also the physical aspect of it. So the, the spiritual aspect of it is that the Prophet ﷺ said that, uh, as uh, as the Prophet mentioned, قال, whoever goes to hajj, if anyone goes to hajj, uh, you go there and you watch your tongue, you watch your behavior, you don't do anything... Lewd or anything bad, or basically, you don't violate the sanctity of Hajj. You come back like the day when your mother gave birth to you, like you're born again, mm-hmm. you come with a clean slate. So, that's the biggest benefit you get from Hajj. All your sins, everything is Gone. forgiven. Of course, we know that if you have, if you owe uh, people, then that stays there because mm-hmm. you have to reconcile with them. Mm-hmm. But anything you owe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is willing to forgive you If you've done your hajj properly Mm -hmm. and correctly Mm -hmm. So that is in general Obviously There's also the the experience itself when you go And you find yourself One of many That in itself is an experience That's not like anywhere else Really Mm -hmm. You go there and you see the waves of humans Mm -hmm. All these people And everybody is just minding their own business Focusing on themselves Trying to find this unique connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. and you feel yourself completely lost there it's beautiful it, that in itself you can't describe it with words you have to experience it really so you can feel how it looked like and that in itself is an amazing thing you look at uh, uh, of course it's also one of the five pillars of Islam mm-hmm. so it's an obligation for Muslims you have to do it if you're capable financially or physically and physically as well too so when you do that at least you take one of those obligations of your checklist and it's only been done once in your lifetime. However, hajj, for me, is addictive. Yeah. If you go there, you just cannot imagine yourself not being in hajj when the season of hajj starts coming closer. Yeah. So that, that's a beautiful thing. Now, regarding the benefits in terms of the global benefit, it's like an international uh, conference. You meet people from around the world. You get to connect with people from different places of the world. You start having you know this kind of you know, brotherhood connection with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the financial aspect, you know, during the last days of hajj, you are allowed to start, you know, making business with people. So there's a lot of networking, a lot of uh, um, maybe people start, you know, realizing there's a- opportunities different places. And there is so much people can benefit from. But primarily, of course, it's that spiritual aspect of having this very unique personal connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. and showing your dedication, removing yourself from this world, for these five days of hajj and only dedicating yourself to him subhanahu wa ta'ala that in itself is a very unique experience
0: yeah and like i know we talked about it when you were like rushed through the steps but why are the steps so important
1: anything you need to do obviously um you first of all you need to look for the connection before that for the actual setup before you get that clear connection yeah so in order for us to have that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the setup for it needs to be right. Mm. So therefore, hajj needs preparation. You need to physically prepare yourself, financially prepare yourself, emotionally and mentally prepare yourself. There's a lot of preparation there. Mm. So when you have that ready, then you go and you do the intention. And there when you go to the intention, when you, when you arrive there, there's a symbolism there in hajj. And those those uh, the symbolism of hajj really, it's, uh, it's all about showing us what you do has one one goal and that is to show your dedication and your submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and every step that you do is a constant reminder mm-hmm. it's all for Allah so when you take off your clothes for example put those two pieces around you, your body for men obviously this is a symbolism over here you know why do I have to remove all my clothes and put these two pieces to show you that basically when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you need to be as simple as possible, as humble as you are Mm -hmm. no marks, no status, nothing recognizes you from everybody else so that's one way of looking at it then you go and you start making your tawaf around the Kaaba when you do the circles around the Kaaba the Kaaba is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the symbolism of this tawaf is when you circle around something it becomes the center of your life and if the Kaaba is the symbol of our faith and the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala worship and dedication to Allah azza wa then eventually we're saying that you know what I am connecting myself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, 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 rules and, 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 and commandments and so on submission to Allah azza wa the same thing when you do the sa'i which is running between the two mountains Safa and Al Marwa when you go to Arafah and Mina every, every um, right or rite or, or ritual of hajj has its own unique meaning but when you put them all together gives you the full experience and that experience is one thing showing your submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you need to Allah azza wa jal and your personal connection with him and only him subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: what would you say is the difference between I mean timing but the difference between hajj and umrah
1: Umrah is the minor hajj, you could say. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, if you're unable to go and dedicate yourself for the full experience of hajj, sometimes because of the expenses, really, because a lot of people right now with the prices going so high, they're unable to go to hajj as they used to be with simple packages and so forth. So everything's getting expensive. So Umrah is an introduction to hajj. Mm -hmm. Because you go to Mecca and you go at your own convenience, anytime you want during the year, of course, obviously, and it doesn't last long umrah is about you can finish it in two three hours if you want to do it you know just go over the 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 monastic of umrah which is basically the rites of umrah but if you'd like to enjoy the experience it can take hours and hours depends on how you want to perform your umrah hajj though it needs to be done of course in one particular time one particular season and it's only one every year there's only one time to do hajj Mm -hmm. but for umrah you go anytime it's more a reminder and on constant reconnection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: And would you recommend doing umrah first if you're able? Hmm. So you get sort of like a taste of what's happening, or just go full throttle?
1: It depends what you what kind of experience you would like to take. Yeah. If you would like to have this whole, you know, shock and awe and, and beauty and so forth, just go do it all together. Yeah. Get but, it once and done. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think that you know it's gonna take you a while to go to Hajj because I'm still, you know, not there yet then don't waste your time. Just go at least do that visit. Hopefully that visit will motivate you Mm. to start saying, you know what, I have to do it. I have to go to Hajj now. Uh, It's so beautiful at night. If Umrah was that amazing, I imagine how uh, Hajj is going to look like. So it depends really, case by case.
0: Yeah. Now, (laughs) based on your own past experiences, would you recommend doing it privately or actually going with a group, like an organized group?
1: For me, really, I'd love to do it solo Mm -hmm. because, again, I believe it's more of your personal experience and connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the best really is to do it solo for those who are capable and able of doing that, of course.
0: And have the knowledge sort of already Of course,
1: you need to have that knowledge. But if you don't have the knowledge on how to do hajj and how to enjoy it, how to experience it, then definitely you need some guidance there, inshallah ta'ala. And that's why a group, maybe for some people, group is better for them. Mm -hmm. For other people, I think they do it on their own if they have the knowledge. Yeah, And the experience Then you do it in your own It's better for you
0: <laughs> I would be so lost
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I lost already me. know So I, I, I already know If I go Inshallah It would definitely Have to be in a group Or I you, I would be like The person that's Walking this way
1: <laughs> You Believe me I, I I remember Because sometimes It gets confusing Really yeah. Because it happens Only once a year Yeah And it happens with, with a flash Because there are Five, six days And then just you're gone So sometimes People they forget Really I remember one time I was in Mina well, you need to do the jamarat when you throw the pebbles at these three posts, right? Yeah. So then as I was walking there, a group of people, adults, they stopped me. I don't know how many, maybe about seven of them or something. Like that. So they go, Sheikh, Sheikh, come over here. I said, yes. He says, we have a question for you. I said, okay. He goes, where do you start from? From the minor one or the major one? Like Because there are three. So you start from the minor to the major, the major to the minor. So I gave them the answer, and then he goes, he turns to his friend, he says, you see, I told you. And then he turns to me back again, and he goes, you know, Sheikh, We've been doing hajj for the past eight years. Every year we argue about it. And, I'm in my, and then just they left. And I just stopped there, just shock, you know, shaking my head. and was like, subhanAllah. Eight years? Yeah. That means they're, they're not being conscious of what they were doing, really. Mm. Maybe they're focusing on just go over the rituals and get over with the hajj. But to benefit from it on that level, I'm not really sure if they're focusing and conscious on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Why is it that some people feel much more of a connection during Hajj than others?
1: It's a, it's a personal experience, once again, you know, because and people... Being mindful. Exactly. Yeah. You see, you have, to, you have to, in order for you to enjoy it, you have to engage your mind and your heart and your body. Some people, they're just engaging their body, which means just go over the rituals. That's all. Right. Uh, especially if they've been literally multiple times mm. and then became so mechanical to them. And they're not really about the hajj as much as just counting it as hajj. So it loses its value, unfortunately. Other people, maybe it's their first time, second time, third time. But this time for them, it's just they're going because they're going through some type, some stuff in their lives. So they come with their own you know, baggage. They want to just drop it there. And for them, that kind of connection is very, very special. Yeah. So you find them extremely spiritual.
0: It's like a holistic experience Absolutely. then
1: for Some people, they come and they know they're not going to be able to do it again. Mm. And those are the people that I've seen break down, you know, at the gate of Al Kaaba. Yeah. Like I've seen some people, you can tell they're humble people, simple people, probably even illiterate. They come from villages from somewhere in the world, really. And they're holding to the curtain the, and the doors of the Kaaba and they're crying their eyes out. Mm. And I've seen students of knowledge don't have that kind of, you know, um, compassion or passion or that kind of spiritual, emotional connection with it. But these people I know and I can tell they're doing that because they know this will be the this was the first and probably last time mm. they'll ever be here. Yeah. So they were trying to take as much as they can from this experience. Yeah. So they hold on to the curtains, they hold on to the door of the Kaaba and just like they're crying their eyes out. Those are the people I like to be with.
0: Yeah. Wow. If how can someone benefit from Hajj if they don't go on it.
1: Mm. Obviously, the, the full experience is when you're there. Yeah. But if you're home, then my recommendation is always try to live the experience itself. Like what? Read the Seer of the Prophet wasallam. Read Hadith Jabir, uh, the famous Hadith Jabir an, in which he described the Hajj of the Prophet mm-hmm. Um Every single day, as the days of Dhul-Hijjah come closer to the days of Hajj, I highly recommend to read on that day. What do Hijjaj do here? Yeah. Uh, what kind of ibadat are involved over here? And all these kind of things. And obviously, for us, we have, uh, um, for us we have uh, um, uh, the day of Arafah, where you fast. Then you have the takbirat. You have a tahleel, you say, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, la ilaha illallah. You have la al make for the Hujjaj, obviously. But for us, we do takbirat. So the point is, get yourself in the spirit of Hajj yeah. by engaging in dhikr. In ibadah, remembering what the Hajjaj are doing And study the life of the Prophet During this beautiful season of Hajj Allah.
0: What seerah books would
1: you recommend? I mean nowadays Masha there are so many of them But for basic level Rahiq uh, al Barakfuri, In which they describe The seerah of the Prophet All altogether. That gives you an overall experience Of the life of the Prophet Zad al-Ma'ad uh, the Provision of the Traveler by Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi also described the Hajj of the Prophet sallallahu and if someone can look up just specifically had- Jabir radiyallahu an, uh, it's called Hajjatul Wada' the Farewell Hajj described by Jabir radiallahu anhu you can find him in many different books of hadith inshaAllah
0: what is a memory from Hajj that you would just sort of like that you hold close to your heart and you cherish oh
1: man well, There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> but one in particular, subhanAllah, I was blessed, alhamdulillah, to finish reading Sahih al-Bukhari. I was reading it every day, you know, during uh, my, my school year. So the last part of it, I was blessed to finish it during the 10 days of the Hijjah right before Hajj started. Um, and I was, I remember, on the, uh, the upper floor of uh, the Haram in Mecca. Right before Isha, between Maghrib and Isha. And I just came to the last hadith and signing off on the book. It was it a was beautiful, beautiful experience, subhanAllah. That was like barely starting my Hajj, but with this kind of mashallah experience. So that was one of them. And the other experience that I, that I cherish from, from Hajj is uh, um, uh, these are really personal experiences, obviously, but when you, when you walk alone when you walk alone and you're just immersed with this experience and people walk by you back and forth and so on and you just kinda like time stops Mm. it's just you just you don't observe anybody else because you're completely into the zone and minding your own you know kinda like business and Hajj and focusing on uh... what you're saying what you're doing that that experience is is extremely unique Mm. and I still remember the streets when I was walking and as I, as I'm trying to describe it to you right now, I can feel the time is stopping again. When everybody's just like completely irrelevant to where you're going and what you're doing. That was the time when we were leaving from, uh, on the day of Eid, which is the Nahar for the Hajaj. After you throw the Jamarat, you walk all the way until the Kaaba so you can make your Tawaf. So I remember that walk. It was a very interesting walk, SubhanAllah.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, kind of, out, I could imagine it being kind of out of body at the same time as yep completely in it.
1: Absolutely. And to be honest, so it, it feels like your soul is somewhere and your body is somewhere else. Yeah. And you're trying to catch with your body to catch up with your soul. It's, it's a very unique experience. Once again, I mean, these things you can't really describe with words. You have to be there to have your own personal experience.
0: Yeah. How does your life change after you do Hajj?
1: It's a matter of commitment, really. Some people, they make Hajj like a milestone in their life it's like a turning point they realize you know going to hajj is just like making a personal commitment when you put your hand on the Kaaba and you touch the black stone for example symbolism of commitment and giving pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm committing to this lifestyle of of worship and ibadah and submission so people they take that seriously and they carry this along with them after hajj Uh, how long can they keep with that? Allahu alam. it really depends on how much they are dedicated to that Uh, some other people honestly, it doesn't affect them very much mm. because it didn't touch their heart. It only just touched touch their mind and their body. So they, they enjoyed the experience, but did they really, really benefit from it? Allahu So for me, every time I go to hajj, I have that level of commitment again. And honestly, we're human beings, so we sometimes we fail with our commitments. But the fact that you keep going back again and remembering that, it keeps giving you a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, remember, you stood before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You made this dua in Arafah. You raised your hand in this spot in this moment. You touched the Kaaba and you made this vow. So it's a constant reminder, really. So hajj can be that constant reminder for you to be observant and conscious of what you do and what you say.
0: And it almost is, even if you can't go back um, on hajj, you every time it comes around, it could be it could be like a recommitment to yourself to be like, okay, Absolutely. this is a reminder. I mm-hmm. need to recommit myself.
1: Absolutely, not just not just that. I mean, if you if you feel that your Hajj was done properly, mm-hmm. and Alhamdulillah you're being granted full amnesty, mm-hmm. and your sins were forgiven, so in this case, stop you know messing it up again. Yeah, like Alhamdulillah, I've done I've done so much before. I went to Hajj. Alhamdulillah, I hope this was erased. So why are we messing it up right now? So it's a constant reminder that even if I'm not going to go to Hajj again, at least I've done enough to erase the past. Let me just keep the future clean and tidy, inshallah.
0: Would you recommend journaling while you're doing Hajj?
1: You're not going to have time for that. (laughs) Seriously, you're not going to have time for that because it's a very busy busy experience. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always remind people that they need to... uh, uh, be fit for it because they're going to walk a lot mm-hmm. and you get really fatigued this is why people get sick in hajj because when they're fatigued their body ca- is not catching up with trying it's best to keep you uh, healthy and strong mm-hmm. but you fall short so uh, uh, that's why you're not probably going to have that time to sit down and journaling and so on if you want to do that maybe the best way to do it honestly is uh, audio
0: yeah voice notes
1: yeah voice notes that would be the best part to do that mm. uh, video notes a lot of distractions Frankly, uh, I mean, it's it's it's, uh, it's very interesting seeing people around the Kaaba with their selfie sticks. And I'm just like, what on earth? Yeah, this is not the place and the time for it right now. But yeah. I'm fortunate we live in society where we are about really documenting the moment and enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule and sort of reminiscing about your Hajj experience with me. And I'd also like to thank the listeners for joining us on this journey. And I hope one day we'll be able to make Hajj together soon. Inshallah.